You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Well, welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope that you've had just a great start to your week. Uh, it has been an amazing lineup of guests. Uh, I just get so excited. I know I say this every episode, but I really do. I get so excited with each guest that I get to sit down and talk to with. I'm um, just hearing from experts who have such an incredible track record in supporting couples who are wanting to grow their family. Uh, and it's just exciting to me to hear the passion, the knowledge, and just to be reminded that there are so many different pathways and options out there. Um, and today is going to be just another great episode. I'm excited to welcome Heather Grish to the show. Um, she is an Ayurvedic expert and an author. I read her book. It's been, I think, a couple years now, but I really enjoyed it. It was really a great um introduction for me into what Ayurveda is. I'd read about it a little bit in some other books as well, but to see it combined with fertility was just really awesome. And so I'm excited today. We're going to kind of jump into that, give you that crash course into the, what is this? Um, could this help me? And so I hope that you'll just kind of settle in wherever you're at. If you're out taking a walk, enjoying the weather, that's awesome too. And just hang out with us for a little bit. So welcome, Heather. Thanks for taking a few minutes today to sit down and chat. For sure, Hannah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get to know you. Yeah, I am really looking forward to just listening to you talk about fertility. Um, you know, I would love to know before we kind of jump in there, you know, how did you arrive working in this space of supporting couples? Was this an intentional pathway for you in your work or did you somehow arrive here through your own personal journey? I would say I definitely arrived here through my own personal journey. Yeah, for sure. So I guess it kind of goes back to in my early 30s, I had tried to get pregnant with my ex-husband and we it wasn't, we weren't getting pregnant. Like I wasn't ovulating properly. You know, there was definitely some systemic and um, reproductive imbalances going on with me. You know, I was the kind of person that would like go to the gym every day and like exercise a lot and like eat enough, you know, eat the right foods and the right amount of calories and all that. So I thought I was doing everything right, you know? peeing on those little ovulation sticks, <laughs> all those things that you think you're, you're supposed to be doing right. And then um, one morning I woke up and I just was like, this year, this was actually a new year's day. I woke up and I said, okay, I want to be happy and healthy this year. And like having a kid didn't even come into my mind. I was like, my new year's resolution was like, I want to be happy and healthy. And then my mind flashed immediately to, okay, I need to go do a yoga teacher training outside the country. Hmm. That was basically like the idea that popped in my head. And so I spent that whole day and that whole week researching yoga teacher trainings. And then a month later, I was in Costa Rica in the jungle doing yoga teacher training. It was the first time in my life where I had a 28 day menstrual cycle. Wow. Yeah. And I left all these crazy things actually I ended up leaving my husband when I came back from the trip it was absolutely insane totally changed my life I lost eight pounds when I was away and that really set me on a new path um, after that because I was in my early 30s trying to get pregnant I think I know exactly what I want in my life and then one day I wake up and I want something different and it was really really wild 
I didn't actually prepare to have a child again after that until I was in my mid to late thirties. And I ended up having a child the year I turned 40. And what happened in between that was because I was this like, you know, corporate person, I was head of product development for a health insurance company. And then I started teaching yoga. And then I found this thing called Ayurvedic medicine. And I'd never heard of it. I grew up in a small Italian American town in Rhode Island. You know, I went, we talked, I went to college in Ohio. I didn't, (laughs) I'd never heard of this word Ayurveda. I was like, what is it? But the first time I had an introductory course on it, I was like, whoa, this makes so much sense. Why doesn't anybody know about it? And so that just, I went down this crazy rabbit hole of trying to find a program and there were starting to be programs in the US. I ended up doing a master's degree in Ayurvedic medicine. So Ayurveda actually comes from India, much like we have like acupuncture that comes from you know, Asian or or some people will say Oriental or Chinese medicine. So acupuncture comes from generally China and then Ayurveda comes from India. So these are traditional medicines that use herbs. They use, you know, things that they're not doing, you know, ultrasounds and they're not using machines and synthetic pharmaceuticals to treat you. They're using natural things they're using more subtle therapies, um, you know, because that's what they had way back before we developed all this technology. And what's so cool about it is um, humans have generally lost the ability to feel Hmm. compared to how they used to be. Okay. We have picking up my phone here. We have a phone that is essentially like an extension of our brain that almost like has its own sensory processing for us. You know, we have other electronics that are doing the work for us (laughs) in a lot of ways. And when we have all these things outside of us that are doing the work for us, we lose our connection with our internal body. And so these indigenous medicines are kind of better suited for people who are doing yoga and have some body awareness because they'll appreciate them. They'll value them more. Um, and, and that's what I found. So, and that's who I was when I was doing this, I was really into yoga. I was really into meditation and I discovered, you know, I kind of went on a hunt to find out what are all the things inside me that are imbalanced? Why were my periods irregular? Why did I have heartburn all the time? Why did I feel so stressed out? You know, I wanted to explore these things and ultimately through studying Ayurveda, because when I did my master's thesis, I actually have it up here on the shelf somewhere. I did it on fasting. And for me, fasting was a huge part of my fertility journey for me, for my body type, because one of the, one of the premises in Ayurveda, it's called dosha theory, is that we each have kind of a, a base constitutional type. And we have a constitutional type and then we have types of imbalances that occur and they're like thematic where you might have a lot of growths, skin tags, tumors, uh, things like that. Those are growths. That's a category of imbalances or you might have a lot of inflammatory things. That's one category of imbalance. And then you might have a lot of things where there's degeneration happening. Your skin might be dry. You might not be able to put on weight very easily, things like that. So Um, learning about Ayurveda actually helps you understand 
how to treat your body, why your body is different than the body next to you, which I know everybody struggles with. Even modern medicine, they're, they have this term called personalized medicine. Well, we're, we have a system where everybody is, it's like so cookie cutter, even fertility treatments are so cookie cutter. Now, luckily they're tracking your hormones when they do certain things like IVF and they have to, because it's a carefully orchestrated mm -hmm. process. But, you know, I had this one client, she was going through IVF and she lived in England. She was a, um, a psychiatrist. A lot of my clients are medical doctors, which I find interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. People who've had some kind of medical training. So she was a psychiatrist. She was going through IVF. Lovely person. Love this woman. So sweet. Her uterine lining would not thicken no matter how many drugs and hormones the doctors threw at her. It just wouldn't thicken. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, it wasn't a problem of hormones. It was a problem of physics. Okay. Interesting. And it was crazy how something very simple in her case, like yoni steaming helped her, helped bring more blood flow to the area, help the fluids move around a little more efficiently, help warm. Cause when you warm something, things can spread, right. Rather than be like stuck and congealed. So it, it wasn't a problem of, it wasn't like you didn't need someone smarter. And when I say smarter, I mean like the kind of thing that we always think of as smart you needed someone who could feel what was going on with her, right? Mm -hmm. Like imagine it. So when I, when, I, when I have a client who has something wrong with them, I will literally envision what's happening in their body that creates that problem. And I wasn't able to do that, you know, until I studied Ayurveda because there's a clear, um, there's a very clear way that diseases form and that's what we're taught in ayurveda so we're taught how diseases form and how to unwind them hmm. so i mean that's more than just how i got into it but you know luckily after the struggles that i had and doing all this fasting i was that person that needed to do fasting prior to i did a bunch of other things in the year so i can't say it was just fasting but the bottom line is that I learned how to purify my body. Mm. I learned how to purify my body through Ayurveda. And it was so much easier for me to get pregnant when I did and had a child the year I turned 40 and he was mm. very healthy. And, you know, all those things that freak you out, you know, I have a lot of clients that are always, you know, I've had clients, they're approaching 40. I have clients that are in their forties. I have I've had last year, I had a client that was in her fifties, you know, and everybody freaks out about age, you know? And, um, so I, I kind of get why people go the medical, the medical path is like blowing up now. So many people are, are going that way. And there's a lot of reasons, you know, we have two thirds of our population is obese. Mm, that has yeah. a huge impact on mm -hmm. fertility. That's not the only reason there's tons of inflammation you know, people are generally just very imbalanced right now. So, and we don't like, we don't like when things don't happen when we want them to, we don't <laughs> like waiting. We're very impatient. Um, so our tolerance for the unknown has mm -hmm. really shifted as a society. So Ayurveda is, I would say not 
for people who don't want to do the self-work. You know, like I viewed getting pregnant, I viewed that as a spiritual journey. I viewed that as, oh my God, I got something to learn here. I really, this is a teacher. And that's kind of how I approached it. And, you know, I'm happy I got, you know, the kid came. I, but I did at one point say, okay, like if this doesn't happen, I'm going to be okay with it. I have enough things in my life that I love. I was, you know, teaching a lot of yoga at the time. That was the approach that I took. I know, I know that's not for everybody. I know that's not where everybody's going to be at, but I came to that place and I decided I didn't want to let that run me. I didn't want to be like a, like a carrot, you know, chasing the carrot all the time with the fertility journey. It drove me nuts um, because I did for a while. And I was like, how can I not do that? So a lot of it was about surrender and focusing on like, how do I just make me like in the best condition and then make good decisions about people in my life, the choices that I make, where I choose to spend my time, what I do for work, like everything. Mm. So for me, it was this huge thing, becoming a mother. Um, my journey it was, it was this extremely transformative process that I'm so grateful for. It forever changed me. Mm-hmm. And then later after I, uh, after I had the child and um, when he was about it, maybe a year, maybe about a year old, I think I started writing the book. Mm-hmm. It sounds like just an incredible journey to go on, you know, personally to discover that for yourself and then have to do the work yourself. Um, I, I have such great respect and appreciation for practitioners who have done that because I think it brings to the table this unique understanding of what it takes to surrender, you know, cause it, it's not like you just kind of like show up and do the five things and then go home and then things happen. It's like, it's, it's daily intentional, you know, steps that slowly build on one another. And, and so I, I love that. I love hearing that because I think it, it just, it brings you to the table with this knowledge that you don't get just by, you know, just by reading the, the book and, and learning the material. So that I just want to commend you for, for the time that you put in there. Um, but I was really fascinated by what you were talking about in just purifying the body for pregnancy, you know, talking about going through that as a way to, help restore balance, help to get the body in the best possible shape to grow and, um, you know, be a welcoming environment for this child. Uh, Would you mind kind of diving into that for a little bit more with us? What, what purification is, it's kind of a term that we don't really hear when we, we go to the, the doctor's office for a checkup generally, unless you're seeing a doctor who has uh, studied outside the normal confines of medicine. Um, I actually don't know if I've ever heard any of my providers <laughs> and I see some who are much more in tune um, to use that. So I, I'd love for a breakdown there if you don't mind. Yeah. You know, I think some people might use the term cleansing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think some, some other forms of medicine dabble in that. So Ayurveda has this very elaborate cleansing system called Panchakarma. And mm-hmm. it's quite common for, for people who, um, like in the Indian cultures, for example, it's quite common for people to, as a default, go through Panchakarma before mm-hmm. pregnancy, because the goal is not to get pregnant. 
the goal is to have the highest quality materials so that when the soul comes, if you believe in a soul, something comes and inhabits these cells, right? And when that comes and when that happens, that the materials that are there are of their highest quality. Mm, that's so, amazing. yeah, it's a little bit of a different mindset. And um, the word purification is interesting because like, it, it's not like we're dirty, like we're not <laughs> dirty. We don't need to be purified, but we're, we're kind of like a, a glass, you know, you go in your bathroom and you see the mirror and it's got some stuff on it. You know, a lot of us have that. So whether it's from eating too much sugar that creates stickiness in our bloods and, and, and blocks channels, or whether it's from inflammation that has restricted certain channels from being able to flow properly, um, you know, for whatever reason, we've all encountered stress. We've all, we've all done things unintentionally to create imbalances in our life. Like, let me have that one more you know, little mini ice cream cone from Trader Joe. <laughs> that chocolate. So I like to, yeah, I like to say the chocolate covered peanut butter cups, you know, those are like my, the bane of my existence. So, you know, we all have uh, things that we're not perfect, basically is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I think if you recognize that you're not perfect, um, your purification in my mind does not have a negative connotation saying like, oh, you're you did something bad. There's something wrong with you. You know, it's literally just like, I want to clear my channel. I want to make sure everything that needs to flow in the way that was intended when the egg and the sperm came together for me. And when I was created that, that all has a chance to flow properly. And if I am clogging things up, like if my digestion isn't working well, if I'm getting skin issues, like whatever signs of imbalance, those are signs that, you know, think imbalances are caused by one, you know, two things, stuff that we did and stuff that happens to us. Right. And so the beauty about Ayurveda is it says, okay, I have some control over this. I'm going to figure out, or I'm going to work with a professional who knows how this works. Like I'm going to figure out how everything's flowing in my body, where am I blocked? Where do I need to open up? Where do I need to strengthen? Things like that. So fasting is one example of a purification because when you fast, your body essentially takes the energy and the resources and the, the, the chemicals that it would have taken to process food, but there's no food there. It takes that and it puts it toward cleaning out your system. You know, getting Powerful. excesses. It's like the Marie Kondoing of your body. <laughs> you know, so that's one example. Fasting. Um, we do other types of cleanses as well. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, if you've ever heard of somebody doing a castor oil cleanse, mm -hmm. that's a common one that we do. We do a lot of things with oil for nourishing. A lot of things to reduce inflammation. So this idea of purifying is important if you're interested in having good quality materials. It's not just for this baby that's gonna come. It's also for you, cause it is hard to have a baby, right? You've had mm -hmm. three, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the third is due in a couple months. So. Oh, okay, you're pregnant now. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, excellent. Okay. So, um, you know, it's hard, you know, it, it's hard mm -hmm. to have a baby. And when, after you have a baby and when you're breastfeeding, all kinds of things are shifting. And not only that, um, when you're growing, right. So you have all these growth hormones pumping through you when you're pregnant, we'll say you have a little tumor somewhere in your body, and then you get all these growth hormones pumping through. Well, that's going to grow more too. So it becomes this kind of amplification of some things. And so you want to make sure that what is becoming amplified during the pregnancy and the extension of your being through having a child, that it, the source of it is in best possible shape. Now I get it. Like we can't be perfect. We're going to be doing work on ourselves our whole life until we die. Right. It's not like one day you're like, I'm perfect. I'm, I'm terrified. No, but you, you do the best you can. Yeah. Yeah. I love the emphasis there on not just, you know, growing a baby and all the materials that are needed for that, but also as you, as the one who's growing the baby. Um, Cause I think we do so underestimate that, what that requires, you know, I know I talk to a lot of moms who are postpartum and they, it's the, especially first time moms who are like, wow, I didn't expect that this was going to be the experience. It was, a, you know, it's a lot more physically demanding. It's a lot more exhausting than ever anticipated. And I don't, I don't know if there's a scenario where you can totally eliminate all of that. I think some of it is just absolutely par for the course, but to go into it, having given the body the opportunity to be well-nourished, to be balanced, to have maybe worked through some of these things that needed to be worked through just sets you up to, to, to enter this next stage, um, it, just in a better position. And I, and I think the value placed there, which obviously, you know, in Ayurveda, they've been practicing this for a very long time and they have seen this value and they, they emphasize it. You know, I, I think one of the most influential moments for me early on in, um, just moving into the space of fertility and women's health was reading, um, real food for mothers and babies. I believe it's called by Nina Plank. And she talks a little bit in very brief detail about a variety of cultures who have ha similar practices. And I remember coming away from that thinking what wisdom that these groups had just built into their support system, built into the way that they treat couples. Cause they would treat, they would work with both, both man and woman yeah, in preparation yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and just seeing that combined into what ultimately would, you know, become the next generation of offspring. And I think that's just amazing to, yeah. I'm Amazing. Glad you mentioned the the it's not just the woman. <laughs> it's not just, you know, it's because panchakarma is done on the male and the female. Mm. And um, yeah, it's 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 important to do these things. And I think what a lot of people are looking for when they look for some other alternative or complementary medicine is they're they're looking to broaden their perspective on something, like especially mm -hmm. with fertility. We get so narrowly focused on it, that it becomes an obsession. Mm, I think it's, it's a form true. of mental illness. I really do. Like the obsession with fertility to me, I'm like, wow. Cause I felt it and I was there, you know, and, and then you go to the party and somebody else has the baby, you find out they're pregnant and then you're crying and you're leaving the party. And it's literally like, we become like Veruca salt mm -hmm. and you know, daddy, 
I want the golden <laughs> goose, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's really sad because I don't think that's what this is about. Um, not to say that we can't get what we want in life because we definitely, definitely can and should. And we're so deserving of all the things that we love in life. We're so deserving of them. But the fertility journey is a journey of surrender and service. Mm. And I think if you can kind of take yourself, at least for that journey, your journey is to take care of yourself right now, right? Mm -hmm. Before the baby yeah. is here. Mm -hmm. For that journey, I think if you can kind of remove yourself from being like, I have control over this, and you instead say, I'm in service of this, you know, like this baby's not for me and I'm not going to get upset if I don't get it. I'm here to offer my services. Mm -hmm. I'm here. It's a service job. You know, it's a beautiful, beautiful service job. You know, as you know, them, it carries forward after you have your child. And I think if you can mm -hmm. start that mindset before having a kid, it saves you from yeah, it saves you from that mental turmoil that I know so many people struggle with when they're trying to conceive. Mm -hmm. And that's why I keep mentioning it because I know it's such a big deal for people. Mm, absolutely. And yeah. and I think that I love that shift to, you know, looking at it more in the context of just building the materials to be or getting them to be as healthy as possible. I think a lot of times in fertility culture, we're so focused on this cycle and we might've been so focused on this cycle for cycles upon cycles that it, it does get to be absolutely devastating. Mm -hmm. But when there's this bigger, like this bigger goal, this bigger focus than just what might happen in the next few weeks, it shifts that expectation. And so we're not yet, we're not being let down month after month. Yeah. It's like, it completely changes it, the, how we view the entire experience. Yeah, exactly. So you, you're pregnant now. I have a question for you. Yeah. When you said you read my book, cause I feel mm -hmm. like people always write me and they say, Oh, I bought your book. And then I got pregnant while I was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's like a good luck charm or something, mm -hmm. you know, when, I, when did you read it? Yeah. You know, um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was before my last son was born. Okay. So I think it was sometime, uh, yeah, prior. So maybe four years ago, yeah. I, read, if, I think if that's kind of within the timeline of when it was published, it came out three years ago. Okay. So then three years ago, so I must've read it after he was born then. So okay. it would have been just after he was born. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah but I, I enjoyed it. And, and speaking of which I think, feel like that's a great segue for people who would be interested in your book, where could they find that? Cause it, it's a great resource. And I think you did a beautiful job just introducing, I know it's probably just, you know, a small piece tip of the iceberg of what Ayurveda can true truly dive into an offer. Um, but it's a, it's a great introduction, especially with the geared towards fertility aspect. So where yeah. can they find that? Yeah. So, um, if, if any of what I'm saying is interesting to you that you want to learn more about, or just feels like, Oh, something is making sense deep within me. And, and even something, cause I think this journey can also feel, um, when we tell ourselves that we have control over something that also scares us 
to have control over something, you know, but I think when we're ready to really look at that, you know, it's super brave. It's super brave. So any of this is resonating with you, then um, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on my website, heathergrish.com. If you want to read the intro to the book um, to kind of see where I was coming from when I was writing the book, then that is on my website at heathergrish.com. And that's heather, G-R-Z-Y-C-H.com. And uh, you can download the first six pages of the book there and just get a teaser and then decide if you want to read it after that. But yeah, it's available everywhere books are sold, um, you know, online mostly. And like occasionally, like somebody told me it was sold in some vegan restaurant in Australia where they lived. (laughs) That's fascinating. (laughs) You never know where your book is going to go when when your publisher sends it out into the world. (laughs) Uh, that's exciting though. Well, we'll include links to all those in the show notes. And then how about connecting with you? What, where, where could our listeners yeah. go to? So, I mean, I'm pretty active on social media. I, I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Heather Grish and uh, my website will have, you know, you can do consultations with me there. I also offer programs, but I don't advertise them on my website. So the best way is I like to just meet someone, see if we're a good fit. We do a consultation together and then I'll say, okay, yeah, this, you know, this might be a good idea for us to work together or they want to work together. And they'll ask me, how can we continue to work together? (laughs) So um, that's all on my website. And then I also have a podcast that is not specifically fertility focused um, and it's not specifically Ayurveda focused either, but it's about the wisdom of our body. It's called Mm. the wisdom of the body. Mm. And um, you know, all thematically, it's all about, you know, what homeostasis, like our body wants us to be healthy. It's trying to, what is preventing it? Mm. Um, so those are the ways that you can find me. And if you want to get to know me a little bit better, and I'd love to get to know you. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely include links to all of those things that you mentioned in the show notes. I appreciate your time today, just diving in with us. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your, your knowledge in this area. Thank you for the work you're doing, Hannah. I know it's, it's so important for women to be supporting other women through this journey. Um, You know, not to say that men can't support through the journey, but you know, people who've been through it, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, to have as guides uh, going Mm -hmm. forward is very important. So Thank you for your work. I appreciate that very much and agree wholeheartedly. It's, it is a joy to just hear from other women who, who are passionate in this space, who are experts and who also have been here with, with stories that bring hope and encouragement. Um, And so, so I appreciate that as well. And you're sharing your story. And for those of you who are listening, um, if you want to rewind back to the beginning, I definitely encourage you to give that part of the episode a listen again. You know, I think we sometimes underestimate the value of hearing, you know, people's journey through fertility, through um, balancing hormones, getting their cycles back to where they should be. And then getting to the point of which, you know, all of us are dreaming of is that, that child, that exciting and wonderful thing. And all the one, all the wonderful things that come with that. So definitely listen to that again. Um, but with that, I think we're going to sign off for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed the episode as always. My quick reminder to you is that we publish a new episode every single Monday. And so the best way for you to not miss that is to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. So now's a great time to do that. Um, but with that, we'll be back next week. Bye for now.
I'd love to connect with you. I love connecting with each and every one of you, hearing your stories, and just finding out what topics and resources would be the most helpful to you on the journey. Head over to Instagram, give me a follow. You can find me at Hannah Bowers, I-N-H-C. I've got all sorts of goodies over there from recipe tutorials to mindfulness exercises to little lifestyle hacks that are going to revolutionize your fertility. So definitely head over there so we can hang out. Hey friends, if you're looking for a way to gently support your body, your hormones, and just your overall well-being, then it's time to check out Agni. Agni's fertility line includes teas, seasoning mixes, and even cookies, all designed to help you feel your best and have better regulated hormones. You can head over to agniforall.com, check out the entire fertility line. It includes products for him and her. Use the code blissberrywellness at checkout to save.